Welcome to C3 Church Tabla. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Tonight, I'd love to share with you, um, and I do want to be timely too, and um, because I do love the tennis. <laughs> I love Nadal. I just love that kid. He is a winner. He's a champion, and I love seeing, seeing him fight for every point. I think life is very much about that. Life is, let's get used to it, life is blessing and battles, battles and blessing. Blessing and battles, battle, life is like that. Get used to that, guys. Uh, that's what life is actually about. God didn't send you down here to be on easy street. He sent you down here to, to live by faith, take the challenges on, and, and make choices, right choices, and navigate yourself through life. Um, and, and it's tough, you know, it's a tough world. And look, really, I want to come around something that really means a lot to me. And we used to go on a lot about this in our church years ago. And, um, and it's about revival, uh, but, and in saying that, uh, it's my heart, uh, you know, really feeling the sense of um, anguish, I guess you could say, for a lot of the crime that's happening in our nation, in our streets, in Sydney, and, um, and, and look, I think we're starting to see things unravel a bit, wouldn't you say? And uh, we, we really, you know, it's the church. The church is the light, light and the salt of the earth. Amen? Uh, and, and we really need to take stock of things. And I think it's incumbent on the church to pray. So would you mind if we prayed? You, I'm going to build a case through the word. And, and then we're going to pray at the end. And I'm going to pray that your heart is moved, that you would become part of the church, that you would serve the church, love the church for this reason to stem the tide of darkness that's lapping up on, on the shore of our great nation. It is Australia Day, by the way. It's the day when Arthur Phillip um, sailed with his seventh fleet, landed in Sydney Cove, 1788, planted a British flag in the soil and proclaimed sovereignty over our land. And uh, some call it an invasion. Um, uh, but look, you know, let's not go there, but... Um, and, and of course, I, I guess today is celebrating this day, this day of this, this national day, and they're, they're, they're commemorating it by family events, uh, citizenships, I've actually been involved in citizenships on this day, and people are welcomed into our nation, praise God, love all the nations, love the uh, Asians that were at the back there, I wish we could have caught them, but they went a little bit early, and um, I, I just I think, I think we can be all-inclusive. I think this nation can, you know, if we abide by Christ's teachings, I think we can get along well with each other, amen? And, uh, and we did need to say sorry, amen, for that, for that breach into this nation. It, was a little, it wasn't great, and uh, we could have done it a lot better, I'm sure. But, um, and of course, we're celebrating our history, and, but I want to celebrate our heritage our Christian heritage, which you don't probably know much about. Amen? So do you want me to tease a little bit of that out? 
And then, then I'll tease out, then I'll tease out um, why I think the heavens are a little bit shut over our nation at the moment, and, and why that's in, in, the, in the Old Testament, it says the heavens are like brass, you know, like, like God just can't get through because people are obstinate, turn their back on God. Fear to you, God, we don't need you in our society. We're doing well, we've got the beach, we've got everything. Look at us, whoa, we're Aussies, whoa, oi, 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 oi. And uh, God's going, well, what do I do with these people, you know? Gave them this great land and they, they turned my back on me because I've just given them so much of a great land. And that's not good. And that can cause, and it's biblical, it can cause a shut heaven. But there's a church that exists that see what is happening in society and, and, and that church should be a praying church. And I believe it's mandated upon this church to be praying. It's a praying church. We started off, man. Our prayers meet, meetings were ridiculous. We would go hours and hours and meet every day almost during the week and pray heaven down. And we saw Wyong literally go from, people, even visitors would drive through Wyong and someone said to me at work once in 1987, I think it was, and, I, and they said, where are you from? And I was li- we were living on the coast, we were actually living in Wyong. And they said, where are you from? I said, from Wyong. They said, oh, how do you live in that place? It's so dark. I said, wow. He wasn't a Christian, he was just saying that. It's so dark. And, and literally, we, and I had to concur in some ways that it was a little bit, yeah, because we used to travel over to Erin at Coast Life, where you preached on Friday night. We belonged to that church for 10 years. And we had, I was doing so much overtime and working so much, I didn't realize where I was living. After about two years, I, realized, I said to Jules, you realize something about the people around here, though? They're a little bit, a little bit different, aren't they? Do you reckon we should go over to Erina or live over there with our fancy friends? Yeah. And, uh, and, and someone knocked on our door, and you heard the story. Robin is part of this church. That's Jeremy, the bass player. Boom, 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 boom. That's his wife, uh, wife mother. And um, <laughs> mother, mother, <laughs> mother for podcast listeners. And, um, and uh, she knocked on our door in 1988, just when we were having thoughts about moving away out of here, uh, because it was a bit drab, that's all. It was a bit drab. Maybe they didn't seem like our type of people. That's all that's been nice about it. Because, um, see, Wyong had the highest uh, rate of mortality. It was lots of old people and uh, lots of people, lots of housing commission and, and suicide rate. It had lots of bad stats, actually. Yeah, single mothers, highest rate of single mothers in the state of New South Wales. All this stuff, man. Highest suicide rate. Oh, my God. And so, do you mind if we sell up and go over and... Uh, and Robin, uh, Robin Williams, Robin Jones. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't Robin Williams. Hey! <laughs> Robin Jones knocked on their door and uh, she said, Saturday morning this was. You know, people don't visit you ordinarily Saturday morning. She knocked on their door. She said, you know what? I've been tossing this around. I've got a word from the Lord. Really believe that this is a mission field. Does that mean anything to you? I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I don't know. If you've got any crazy idea of moving out here, you know, think twice because this is a mission field. You know, God wants you here on purpose. And that was it. We just stopped that line of thinking. We decided to stay in Wyong. Did you know that, Carmel? Did you know, ever know that story? And uh, No, well, it was true. Carmel comes. Give it up for Carmel. She's awesome. She goes way back with us to Coast Life. You know, goes back to these years that I'm talking about. And she's been visiting us uh, of late with her girlfriends, I more of them too. There's one, two, three now. And um, so we stayed, and you know the story. In 96, we birthed the church, and um, we birthed the church 
in 96, and we knew we were going to be in a tussle. The, the, um, the, hier- the AOG hierarchy were really concerned about us because we had the Masonic Lodge here, we had the Witches' Covenant on the hill, and, uh, and they knew all that. They knew, knew that was all happening in Wild. And, they, and we were just this beautiful family, Julie and Phil and their beautiful kids. And uh, they go, oh, God, should we really let them do this? You know, start a church in Wild. Uh, we had a couple of people trying to warn us off, you know, do you, you really think it's, you know? Anyway, everyone had to concede that it was God speaking to us to start this church in 96. We started it in the Cutler Drive, Wyong community, Wyong uh, primary school uh, hall. And, um, and that's when all the fun and games began. But literally, we'd turn up, pray for an hour before the service started, and uh, we'd have services for four or five hours, Literally, four, five hours. We'd started the church in a flurry of prayer and passion. We believed everything the Bible said. We took it, we, we took it literally. We believed people could be set free, delivered, born again. And we saw a lot of stuff happen. We literally saw a lot of people blessed literally out of their socks. It was amazing. Drug addicts and people straight off the street just encountering the presence of God and uh, we literally, so, but we didn't have the organization to, to keep them in, into the house. They'd go back to their drug-filled houses and they'd get laughed at, mocked at, and they wouldn't come back. We, you know, we'd catch up, we'd go, what, what happened, man? You got radically saved. Oh, I went back, my brother said I was an idiot, and, you know, and I got mocked by my father, and my mother said she'll disown me if I go back to that church. So it was really tough for these people to get saved, amen? And, uh, but they were getting radically saved. That was in the atmosphere of revival. And I believe that was in the atmosphere of prayer and an open heaven uh, that was created through people that were just hanging tough and praying. So we took it seriously. We didn't do seeker-sensitive church. We did God-sensitive church. And, and, and we just loosed the power of God into the meeting, like you see that we do now. You can, you can, you can bear witness to that, that every meeting you come to, God's in the house, and we, we got ways to do that. We, we prophesy, uh, we use the worship, and there's ways into the presence of God. One of the key ways into the presence of God is worship and praise and thanksgiving. And then prayer just, you know, wrangles and, and just causes a connection there. So we're not playing games. When we worship here and when we, we you know, praise God and worship here, we're really, we're, we're really wanting to find connection. Uh, Jacob said, how awesome is this house? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. We believe as people come through those doors, they're coming into the presence of God because a way has been made for them through deliberate prayer, passionate believers, holy, uh, holy lifestyle people that are determined for people to meet with God. Yes, meet with hospitality and we're smiling, we're waving, but we want them to meet with God. Because Jesus is their answer, amen? If they meet with Jesus, man, they'll be blessed forevermore. So we're trying to get out of the way. Yes, we're trying to say, come through, come through. Jesus is this way. Come through, come through. And we're trying to do our best in sharing all the hospitality we can. But none of that will happen unless the church is praying. And a lot of churches lay dormant. They're dead in the water, I have to say this, with no power because they don't understand the spiritual dimensions of their existence. And we've done a lot of stuff, we've studied this stuff, we've studied what can a church to be powerful. And one of the key things is, is right alignment with God. Amen? Right alignment with God, being very 
We carry this church, Julie and I, like newborn babies. We carry it 24-7. That's what we're paid to do. That's what we're mandated to do. It's a task. It's a challenge. But that's what we're called to do. We don't treat it as a job. We wear this. We carry it. It's our, it's our burden, so to speak. But our, his burden is light. His yoke is easy. Amen? Come to me, all you are weary and tired. All these burdens you ladies carry for all your children and your offspring and whoever. And don't carry that stuff. And uh, because, you know, Jesus wants to help you and carry you through all that and more. So we have a godly heritage. We honestly do. And self-image is very important. Very important. Yeah, I'm doing all right for time. Good. Say hi to the podcasters. They're listening. So, yes, the plant, flag was planted, but the sovereignty of this great nation, God, God. It's, it, this is God's nation, amen? We need to look at this godly heritage because some people don't understand. They think they're a bunch of convicts, amen? Self-image will be very effective. Uh, Self-image is uh, important to understand where you come from. Many Australians suffer from uh, poor self-image, and of course, uh, when it comes to spiritual things, tremendously, they just don't feel they deserve to be saved. I don't know what it is. They feel like second-class citizens. They look at other great cultured nations, and they think, oh, we're just a bunch of, you know, hoons, you know, and, and it's not, and that's why we get the tall poppy syndrome. It's an unfortunate thing, but we're an awesome nation, and we need to understand that if we just go back to our heritage and understand our Christian heritage, uh, you'd understand it to be true. The ultimate way to get your self-image, by the way, is through the Word of God. Amen? That's how you get your self-image, through the Word of God. So, basically, a statement, heritage is something of value that has been passed down from generation to generation. Deuteronomy 32, 7, let's start. Remember the days of old. Sorry, I'm going to double time now. Is that cool? Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of Israel. So they say historically, Australia could have been easily uh, discovered and colonized by other heathen nations. They, they say that could have easily happened. But because of the sovereignty of God, we were eventually discovered by God-fearing people. Captain Cook, by the way, was a God-fearing man, amen? But uh, I want to go back to the original guy who proclaimed, a Spanish sailor, who proclaimed something magnificent over this nation. He didn't quite see the nation, but he, I, I think back in Spain in the 14th and 15th century, they were sending out uh, these uh, expeditions, sending them out to discover new lands. And I think it was Pedro Fernando Curos. Uh, de Curos, uh, he was a uh, Spanish sailor and he went, he was going out and he just knew somehow by faith that there was this great nation, this awesome nation and in fact he called it and he declared something wonderful over it, he said it was the great south land of the Holy Spirit, I could actually read the prophecy out to you but for the sake of time, so it's an amazing thing this man of God, he was a godly man and he conferred upon our nation uh, this statement that this would be the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And it was, their, it was their job, these Spanish sailors, to go out and propagate the word of God. 
uh, to all the inhabitants of the world and, and of course to reap gold and silver for their empire. But uh, Terra Australis, Terra Australis, yes, well, we, you know, you've got to be real about it. Yes, their quest was to get the word of God out to these lands, but also it was for gold and riches. Terra Australis, and uh, he called it, and it's an amazing story. 1606, Pedro Fernandez de Curos became the first recorded European explorer to actually lay claim to Australia. He was a Christian believer. He was part of a great push of expeditions in the South Pacific in the 14th, 15th century from Spain discovering new land. They knew this land existed, Terra Australis. So that's where Australia comes from. <coughs> it's an amazing thing. Um, of course, we should understand that, as I said, Captain Cook, he was a Christian. He eventually turned up on the scene. But let's go to this prime minister, our second prime minister, Alfred Deacon. I hope we got a photo of him. Tell me if we have. Alfred Deacon, a man who prayed and uh, loved God and studied the Word of God. He was awesome. He helped found the nation and actually helped um, formulate the Constitution, which is our Australian Constitution, which is based in Judeo-Christian teaching, meaning in the Bible. So our Constitution, Australia's Constitution, is based in the Word of God. Amen? Mm. You need to know that our early explorers, our leaders, our politicians... They were all, a lot of them, God-fearing people. I love the story of Matthew Flinders as he's rounding up uh, a bunch of guys to go exploring. He says, right, you've got to understand, we're going to be praying every day and, uh, and, and you'll stand and pray with us. If you don't, don't come. And, uh, and even the unbelievers said, yeah, if he wants to pray, that'll be good for us. And, and Matthew Flinders was able to grab about 30, 40 men and they went out exploring the land because he, de he depended on the providence of God so so uh, amazingly, he was amazing. So Alfred Deacon, our second prime minister, God-glorifying, believed, uh, he believe, says here, quote, he believed the knowledge and the love of God to be the foundation of all life and love and power. Apart from God, man's life, he says this, man, this is this guy, our second prime minister. Imagine this, if we had a guy like this as a prime minister now. Apart from God, man's life was selfish, mainly sensual, mainly narrow, hard, harsh, despondent. Alfred Deacon, a man who believed in the teachings of Jesus that man does not live by bread alone. Don't you love this? Deacon uh, remains one of the Australia's greatest prime ministers, a man of faith and prayer. Sydney Morning Herald, 26th of the 8th, 1885 states, we are preeminently a Christian people as our laws, our whole system of jurisprudence, our constitution, in fact, are based upon an interwoven with Christian beliefs. Amazing. But now you see these, um, I guess, humanistic forces working against our, especially our government, our constitutions, trying to strip away our Judeo-Christian heritage, trying to attack that. They're trying to, I think the Greens even saying, no, we don't want to pray anymore. It was actually Alfred Deacon that started praying in Parliament House before they, you know, the prayer that they would start with was started by our early forefathers. Now they say, no, we don't need prayer. We're not a Christian nation. Forget that, you know. And, and, and it's attacking our, our moral absolutes. You know, there's moral relativity, meaning, look, whatever's fine with you, do it, as long as you're not hurting anyone. But we, as Christians, believe in moral absolutes. Amen? Some would say we're selling our birthright away like Esau sold his heritage out. And what basically we're saying tonight, that Australia needs a move of God. 
a move of God of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 22, 28. Sorry, I'm moving so fast, but that tennis game's going to start shortly. Do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers. Don't move it. Man, they've set it in place. That's what's happening to America, unfortunately. It's coming apart at the seams because they've taken prayer out of the schools. They've taken the Ten Commandments. They don't want the Ten Commandments hung up in any of the educational institutions because, no, we can't in- impose that on people, the Ten Commandments. You know, we've got to be liberal. We've got to be, you know, we've got to let people make their own decision of what they believe in. And look what's happened. Place has fallen apart. So, uh, unfortunately, we're seeing our culture in decline. Our nation has turned from God and his ways. Not only have we abandoned the word of God, but we've abandoned, you know, things that are right. And uh, we've, we've turned away, and, and I believe it's gonna, there's dire consequences from it. So we need a revival. That's my argument. As the children of God, we need to pray. We need to believe God can come down and that his presence will, you know, invade our cities, our towns, our communities, we need, we need personally revival in our own hearts, individually. We need to be revived before we can say, revival you people, revival you people. No, let's get revived in our hearts and then let's let our cities and, and others get revived. It's a promise of God. It's a great expectation we had and uh, we need to pray for this great awakening like never before. I've got here, we must pray that God will renew us in our vision for our nation to be saved. I mean, this church was heaven bent on seeing our nation ablaze with the glory of God. If you look back on the tapes, because they would be only tapes, they wouldn't be CDs or podcasts, but if you'd be listening to any of the tapes back in our, in our heyday when we're strung out on believing for revival and great awakening, every service was about praying for our great nation, that it is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, and that it is, uh, I believe, has a great promise on it, to raise up sons and daughters in the Lord, to be sent out to the ends of the earth, to preach, to declare the goodness of the Lord. I still honestly believe that with all my heart, that this nation is that sort of nation. So basically, I love this. Some would say that we need CPR, a Christ prevailing revival. CPR, a Christ prevailing revival that some churches need that. I know it to be true. And, uh, of course, you can just tell the way things are going and and even churches, unfortunately, that that we do need that. God's desire to visit us as his people. God, it is his desire that he visit his people. I need to prove that. Can I do that? God desires to come down and bless us. Let's do this. It's a promise, Job uh, 10, 12. That's why I believe it started last year, but God has been visiting our church. Who would, who would concur? Who would believe? Who would agree? I don't know what happened, but mid last year, God just turned the dial up and his presence started to come. Morning, morning. Our morning service was a pretty just basic, you know, family service, just trying to steady and do steady church and you know, and we were preaching great, but we certainly didn't have the pregnant pause of God in the building. Now, in the morning service, heaven's breaking out in the morning service. People are coming hungry and they're going, oh my God, I should have been in church years ago. This is awesome. This is the morning service. This is the Sunday family service, the family service that where you can come and get blessed and revived and 
set free, born again, you know, empowered by God. You're sitting on the back row there, Ollie and Ollie. I saw him this morning go, whoa, I'm in the right of my life. That's happening in the morning. At night, of course, we let our hair down. God moves and even Darcy, he's been all over the world. He's helped C3 do an Asian conferences and uh, he's... Uh, put your hand up, Darcy. If no, Darcy's awesome. He comes to me virtually every night. I said, you guys are outstanding. Your wife, Pastor Julia, oh, she should be preaching to the nations. You guys, I've been around. I've seen the best of them. I've, I've been sitting under the best ministries of the world. You guys are ballistic. I've never felt the presence of God like I do in this house. Who are you guys? Where do you come from? Tell You know, you just can't believe it. You've got you to gotta listen to a guy like that who's been around. He's been around. He's seen a lot of church, man. He sat through 15 years of C3 Oxford Falls. And how many great ministries did they have coming through? And he comes to here, a little old wee, little wee old uh, C3 Tugger, and man, bang, he gets blessed by God. Something is happening in this church. Let me prove it to you. Job 10, 12, you gave me life and showed me kindness, and in your providence watched over my spirit. Here's another version. King James Version says it like this. Thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. Thank you that you've preserved our spirit, your visitation. 1 Peter 2.12. <coughs> Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You're visiting us right now, Lord. Let's just say that. Lord, you're visiting us right now. We feel it. We believe it. We thank you for it. Luke 1, 68 says, praise be to the, the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and visited us and has redeemed his people. Luke 1, 78 in the NASB says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. There's also a scripture in Luke 19, 42 to 44, where it states, you did not know the time of your visitation, you know, but I, 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 I tend to believe that, yes, we are being visited. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't be saying that at the moment. Yes, Lord, you are visiting. God loves to visit his people. God loves to visit his church. Amen? So we need to pray for this divine visitation. There's a way to do it, and it's through prayer. And if you look at the book of Isaiah, chapters 63, 64 gives us a model. And it's amazing. It's a great prayer. We won't go into it. But it's a prayer for a divine visitation, a cry from us to say to God, come down and visit us. And let's have a look at Isaiah 63, 15. It starts with the request of God. 63, Isaiah 63, 15 says, look down from heaven and see from your lofty throne, holy and glorious. This is what we're saying. Lord God, look down from heaven upon the CBD, Sydney situation of people being knocked out every night. And, 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 you know, all that crime that's happening through Sydney. Are you grieved about that, by the way? Are you moved by that or you just don't give a toss or what? No, I'm just wondering. I just need to know. Does that affect you when you read that some guy, young, good-looking guy, good-looking girl, whatever, they go to Sydney, they're out to have a good time. Some guy, bang, he's knocked unconscious. He lays in St. Vincent's Hospital for nine, ten days like the guy did last two weeks ago and he dies in hospital and, you know, Come on, guys, we need to be moved by that. We need to be moved by these things. That's what's going to get us praying. Yeah. All right? We're not sitting in church and going, oh, we're, we're safe and sound. Lucky God, that hellish place out there. 
Thank God we're not out there. Oh, it's so good to be in the arms of Jesus. I love this place. No, that's not, that's not the full deal, guys. We're supposed to we have compassion. We're supposed to be grieved. God, you know, for those who mourn, we'll be comforted, the Bible says. For those who mourn, mourn, oh God, why did that happen? The Bible says you will be comforted. I wonder what you'll be comforted. I, be, I believe the Holy Spirit will comfort you in, in tremendous ways. Thank you for being moved, Jason, for those people, for the guy that got knocked out. Thank you. Now I'll bless you and anoint you to pray. Bless you and anoint you to stand up as a man of God. I believe that how, that's how it happens, amen. If you're unmoved, oh, who gives a toss? It didn't happen to me. Well, no blessing for you, sorry. No blessing for you. No soup for you. <laughs> Isaiah 63, 15. Look down from heaven and see from your lofty throne, holy and glorious. Where are your zeal and your might, Lord? Your tenor's commission are withheld from us. It seems like that. Look down from heaven is the cry of the church. It's the cry of these people in this, in this scripture. But it should be our cry. And it rounds off with Isaiah 65, verse 1. I'm, don't go there. I'm going to just, that'll be my full stop. So our prayer of revival starts with us asking God to look down. Look down upon our heart. Look down. Have we got enough compassion, Lord? Lord, look at us. Are we really zealous enough? Look at our deeds, Lord God. It's really saying, God, judgment comes to the house of the Lord first. Amen. Look at us first, Lord. Look down from heaven and see if there's anything that needs to be moved in me. See if there's something that needs to happen in me. Isaiah 63, verse 17. Why, O oh Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts? This is the cry of these people. And it's our heart when we see people wandering away and, and our Aussie mates wandering away. Why, O oh Lord, do you make... Make us wander from your ways and harden your heart so we do not revere you. Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. It's talking about the condition of people's hearts. You know, you can see that people are under the sway of the evil one when they're being moved to strike out and hurt people. I don't believe that's entirely the flesh. I believe because there's a shut heaven over Sydney, there's a shut heaven over our cities, that the enemy gets in there and moves people to do crazy things crazy devilish things amen and we need to stand up as a church and say god can you see this we need to pray for a revival guys can we put that photo up and uh this was borrowed by i put it up on instagram and i got about 20 likes but then c3 hub which is the instagram for c3 international it went up and got 300 hits and uh can we just put that up and this is talking about this little part, I want to talk about the heavens are shut and that we need to pray for open heaven. This is actually um, a meteorological uh, sign and wonder. It's called a sky punch. A sky punch. When I looked at that and I put it on my Instagram, I said, looks like someone's praying to me. And then I put a scripture in. Oh God, rend the heavens. I think I've got the scripture here somewhere. Isaiah 64 verse 1 says, and this is our heart prayer, oh that you would rend the heavens. Okay, a lot of people don't know what rend is. Rend is separate. Rend is, rend is tear. Tear the covering over the heavens and appear now. So this, all these clouds that could be over Sydney right now, all those clouds, and God just can't even look, can't even see anyone because no one's praying. There's corporate sin. And uh, so we've gone from individual sin to corporate sin. And that, that this, 
this complicates matters. But I believe Sydney, even Australia, could be some, some, something like this. And until we pray and cause the heavens to be rent, a rending of the heavens, an opening, a tearing open, we need to pray, guys. We need to see the heavens open and we need to see God come down. Amen. Here it is, Isaiah 64, verse 1. Or that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Another translation says, O Lord, tear the covering of the heavens and appear now. Now, Lord, appear now. I just think that could be just one person praying, two people praying. Heavens are as iron, it says, Leviticus 26, 19. And this is not a good situation. I will break down your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron and the ground beneath you like bronze. So when we came into Wyong in 85, the heavens were like brass, amen. We, we, there's another version that says the heavens are like brass. I'll use that because I'm used to that. This version says iron. We come into Wyong and it just feels dead. Just no godly activity feels, you know, pretty ordinary. And, uh, but as we begin to pray, as we hold our line and pray, the heavens began to open over Wyong. The church is united. We prayed, we met together, we did great things, combined services. We used to open the, um, the Wyong uh, Council uh, meeting in prayer. They used to let us open it up in, in prayer. We used to pray, Lord, pray for the city, bless the city, we'll make all these great decisions. We pray from the councils tonight. And they allowed us to do that for about 12 years. It was amazing before counselor said hey we, we we shouldn't let the christians have have the full we, we should let the buddhas in and the bahas and so unfortunately that went a little bit sideways but still we had some great times of seeing this city united and seeing god do some brilliance we did a prayer walk julie came to the fraternal five guys there wasn't any girls there ladies and julie said i just got this thing i've got to share it to the fraternal that's the anglican the catholic uh, the SDA, Uniting Church, Baptist, two Baptist guys. And Julie says, you know what? I think we need to do a prayer walk around the whole city. And I said, oh, Jules, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle this, these guys. You know, they're pretty straight up and down. And I don't know, something just got me on the side. And you know what? I said, Jules, let's do it. Let's share with these guys. And so with a little bit of hesitancy, um, we said, guys, Julie wants to share something. Oh, okay. Julie never said anything. Was even hardly there at those meetings. It was a fraternal inferring just men. And so Julie turned up. Yes, Julie, what do you got? And she shared. She said, you know what? I got it. just this in the spirit. I don't know where it comes from, but, you know, I think it's God. So I, I get this thing like the Nehemiah wall that we need to build a prayer wall right around this city that we need to pray, that we need to station people every two, three kilometers and, and, and at the right time, set all these people walking around the city. And seven ministers got in the 22-seater bus we had at the time. And we followed them around. We ended up at the lookout, up the top of the, the lookout. And they're all excited. The Anglican, the Catholic, the Baptist, they're all going, man, we've never done anything like this. This is awesome. And I'm praying fire. I'm praying the Holy Ghost. And I'm walking up and down that bus as, as the Anglican guy's driving it, you know. He's, he's excited, these guys. They've never been involved in anything like this. We ended up at Chapman Hill Lookout. We got out said, come on, guys, let's get out. Do you really, really think we should? Yes, come on, let's get out. We got into that little car park where that the, um, the, the devil worshippers, the, the witchcraft people had painted a pentagram in the, in the car park up there. 
and you can still see the, the remnants of it. And we got out and we went, this city belongs to Jesus. And we declared that from that high ground. This city belongs to the Lord. This city belongs to the Lord. And they started going, yes, this city belongs to the Lord, one said, because he was English. He was Canadian English guy, very, 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 very cultured. He said, this city belongs to the Lord. And but as he started to say this, he started, started to flail his arms around. And, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden we had this five minutes of intensity of God through the, the ministers. And someone took a photo of us and we lined up and they put it in the paper and it said prayer walk in the local paper, prayer walk, local ministers, combined ministers do prayer walk around while. And it was an initiative that was borrowed from the States. They do it in the States a lot. But we saw God progressively move through our city. The heavens were brass, but it was changing. I will break down your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron. And when that's happening, sin runs rampant. And it's hard to build church. It's hard to do church. It's hard to, even for Christians to live a prospering life, and it's not good. Their heavens are shut up. It says it in Deuteronomy 11, 17. And if you were to read that on either side of this scripture, you can see that because they weren't following the word of God, then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given you. This land, this land of salvation is a good land and we should be harvesting it. We should be harvesting the fullness of life from Christ. We should be harvesting a great church. We should be harvesting souls to be saved. All that should be happening. But the Bible says the heavens were shut because, and it says that over and over in the Old Testament, the heavens were shut. And we read in this account, the heavens were shut because the people did not heed the Word of God. And that's why we need the Word of God. We need to follow it. We need to live a principled life. Amen. So what happens? We got to go back to God's A plan. It's time to rend the heavens. It's time to open the heavens. It's time to pray. I'm nearly done. It's time to get stirred up by the Holy Spirit. It's time to respond to the times that we live in. And it's time as a church we come together and said, Lord, forgive us. Lord, come down and visit us in our church meetings, in our connect groups. Come down in our prayer meetings. Help us pray. Help us do what you want us to do, Lord. Help us to live our lives individually. Help us to stand up in a fallen world. Help us be shining and, 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 and do what you want us to do, Lord God. And if you were to look at 2 Chronicles 7, 114 to 114, I'll paraphrase this so you can get up, Jules, in a moment. And it says this, and for the sake of time, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 1 to 14, let's paraphrase it, says this. How can we open the heavens? How can we see Jesus come down? Where there are open heavens, I will give you rain. I will give you peace. I will look favorably upon you. I will set my tabernacle among you. That means he'll turn up in your church services. I will walk among you and be your God. I will remember my covenant with you. And I will open the heavens and heal your land and forgive you of your sins. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then... Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's good news, amen? Now listen to me. The result after the prayer of Isaiah 63, 64 is the result in the first verse of Isaiah 65 where it says this. 
And this is good news, my friends, for your friends and family. This is awesome news. Isaiah 65 verse 1 says this. After we've prayed, the heavens are open. It says this. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. Think about your neighbors. Think about your friends who don't know, want to know about God, know about church, know about a Bible, know about Jesus. They just don't want to know. But the Bible says if we pray and the heavens are open, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here I am, here I am. Happy Australia Day, folks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, last year I just had a real sense of um, that we needed to pray and shift sin, especially from Sydney. And I did this prophetic painting last year. You can see it. It's not a very wow. good photo of it. Wow, but this is like... This, this girl represents the interceding, the people that are praying over, you know, this is like the main part of our, of our nation, Sydney. Yeah. And the, the white coming down is the, the glory of God coming down over the city. The, the black is the sin leaving, and the gray is where there's the changeover as this girl. And if you can see that there's just like, there's like red coming down off her, which is the blood of Christ coming down over the city of Sydney. And I really believe that, Phil. I believe that with all my heart that it's now is the time to pray. Now is not just for Sydney, but for our nation. This is like the heart of our nation, really. And that sin is trying to encroach Encroach. upon the whole nation. And it's time to pray now. Yeah, the dilemma is that we've got corporate sin now. We've got so many people turning their backs on God that 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 causes a dilemma. It's like, I've explained this before, when light is shining, Say the light was shining this way towards us, Jules. Yeah. But instead of facing the light, if we turned our back to that light, to God, it creates a shadow. And the more people that turn their back to the light, it creates more shadow. And that's why we got so many people walking in darkness, because we've got all these people. That's why be careful walking with people who've turned their back on God. It creates a shadow in front of you. They stumble, they fall, they don't know where they're going. It's the blind leading the blind. But when you're looking to the radiance of Jesus, you're looking to the radiance of the light. Man, you can see where you're going. You turn your back and you've got shadows. You've got shadows. You get another friend who's turned their back on God. You've got another shadow, another shadow. And then you've got the whole city CBD turning their back on God. That's a dilemma right there. That's a dilemma right there. And we've got darkness prevailing in our city. Guys, I wouldn't ordinarily preach such a message, but for the sake of Australia Day and for the sake of the church being real, for what you know we could throw a thong we could have thrown a thong you got a thong someone let's do it anyway we'll throw a thong for someone to you know but i think it's gone beyond throwing a thong my friend i think it's gone beyond throwing a thong or putting another snag on the barbie the church needs to pray the church needs to pray and we need to see the heavens open and we need to see the glory come down in our city in our streets in our schools in our places of dear God in heaven let's all stand God bless you Father in heaven forgive us for our lack of prayer forgive us dear God now right now we pray rend the heavens call out right now rend the heavens Lord God that you might come down
We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's